so, Holy Spirit, we thank you that you are here this morning. Amen. <clears throat> I'm stepping into my ministry of short prayers. <clears throat> right, the first bit, it's not a disclaimer, but it's more of a guarantee that um, God can use anything and turn it for good. So, God's not concerned with me contaminating his message. Instead, he's going to use my unique qualities to illustrate his heart and he's going to put and use my unique flavour to complement his will. <clears throat> right. When I was preparing for this, I felt that God said to me that me, us, as the church, need to become more like a glove. Did he say come like a glove? I think he did. We need to become more like a glove. Okay, how can I illustrate that? Right, let's do it through a story from the Old Testament. Well, I got on the old wonderful web thing and had a look and the period that this happened was somewhere in about 1191 BC to 1151 BC give or take a hundred years or so and this story is in the promised land and this story involves a young man but a young frightened man now this man he's hiding in a wine press because for seven years the Midianites have been coming into the promised land down through Gaza into the valley of Jezreel and taking everything and through research I had a look and we're not talking about a few Midianites we're not talking about a little band coming down and maybe pinching a few apples or nicking a few grapes there was an approximation of about 135,000 Midianites coming. <clears throat> My Bible says that these guys were like locusts and they came down through the land eating, destroying, taking everything. And the camels that came with them were like sand upon the seashore that couldn't be counted. So they've been doing this for seven years. But this is year eight. But our hero yet to be doesn't know that. He's in the wine press. He's grinding his wheat. He's got a bit, little bit of wheat and he's going to keep hold of that. That's for him. He's in a place of celebration. A wine press is for making wine. Wine is used in celebration but he's not celebrating. He's in survival mode. He's just getting by. And um, the year eight, I looked up what eight represents biblically, and it represents new beginnings, new order, and new creation. But our hero-to-be doesn't know that yet. He's hiding there, frightened, grinding his wheat, when all of a sudden, 
an angel of the Lord appears and says, The Lord is with you, mighty warrior. Now, my version probably says he went something like, Say what? Really? And then he has a quick moan. And he sort of basically moans his way. And then the Lord says to him again, again, Go in the strength you have and save Israel out of the hand of the Midianites. Am I not sending you? And then Gideon tries to have another little moan. And he says, Look, Lord, this is me you're talking to. This is Gideon. I'm from the weakest clan and I am the least in my family. But the Lord says to him, I will be with you. In brackets, tough assignment coming up. (laughs) And uh, when uh, when the angel first appeared and starts to talk, it's, an, it's a little bit confusing because it starts off as an angel and then it goes um, and goes on to say that uh, this angel was the Lord. So Gideon's in the present, but he's not quite aware of it at that point. So he knows something significant is going on, but he's not sure not sure of how significant. God could see the potential in Gideon already. He was calling him mighty warrior. He was saying, you know what? Yes, he's from the weakest clan and he's the least. But you know what? I can work with this guy. God uses our weaknesses because then we're relying on his strength and not our own. So we read on and Gideon goes, I'm not sure about this. Do you mind if I test you? And uh, he goes, if, uh, if you'll be patient and wait, I'll just go and prepare an offering and uh, bring it back to you. So the Lord says, okay, I'll wait. So Gideon didn't go out to his full-size double-door walk-in ice-dispensing fridge-freezer and go, right, there must be a ready meal in here. There must be something I can rustle up quick, stick in my microwave. No, he's, he's had to go out. He's had to prepare a goat. He's had to make bread. He's had to make broth. So, probably, how, how long do you reckon? Two hours? Three hours? But the Lord waited patiently for him to return. And... Um, you know, I get this mental picture of Gideon out there preparing this, this food and having a quick look out. It's okay, still there. Keep going. Keep preparing. Now, this is a great story, and I'd encourage you all to have a, um, a read of it. But we're going to fast forward now to the Midianites' arrival, year eight. So they're crossing the Jordan, and they're camped in the valley of Jezreel. And then in verse 34, it says... Then the Spirit of the Lord came upon Gideon and he blew a trumpet, which literally means God put him on like a glove. Okay, so that inanimate object, I can say to that glove, okay, move your fingers, grab hold of something, and it won't do anything. 
until I put my hand inside it. So once my hand is inside that, it can do all sorts of amazing things, can't it? It can wave, it can wiggle its fingers, and do all these amazing things. And Gideon was no different. On his own, he couldn't do anything. But the minute the Lord put him on like a glove, he was able to do awesome things. So Gideon blew his trumpet and he got all his, his soldiers together. So there's like 135,000 of the bad guys and Gideon gets his gang together and they total 32,000 men. Now I'm thinking the odds aren't too good there. Maybe they'll sneak in, do a bit of, you know, sneaking up on the back and a bit of raiding, maybe a bit of night raid. Not full-on frontal attack. <coughs> but the Lord said to Gideon, Gideon, that's too many. Anyone who's afraid, send them home. So they're like all these 32,000 people. And then 22,000 go home. So that's a lot of people. You know, like the guys left there are probably going, yeah, thanks. <laughs> and, um, I, you know, I sort of think Gideon's going, okay, I've got me men here. Come on, let's go and do this. And the Lord said again, he said, too many people. Let's go and have a drink. So they go down to the water and um, the guys have a drink. And some of them hold their weapons in their hands and bend down and basically lap from the water like a dog would. And a few of them put their weapons down and cut their hands and drink from their hands. So they've got no weapons in their hands, just the water. And God goes, those are the guys. 300 of them. Now, I'm sure Gideon's going... Okay, I'm sure we can do something with 300, sneak about a bit, you know, just sort of cause a bit of grief, nothing major. So now there's 300, and they're ready for war. So how do you go into battle? This is where I need my volunteer, Ethan. Right, Ethan, so how do you think you go into battle? Would you need some armour, do you think? Yes. Okay. <coughs> right, here's a bit of chain mail. In there. Right, what else do we need? Oh, we need a helmet. Okay. And we need a shield. And we need a sword. Okay, you ready for battle? Okay, yes you're ready, but that's not how it happened. Okay. So I'm taking your sword. I'm taking your shield. I'm giving you a torch. Okay. And I'm giving you a trumpet. 
Right, just just blow that thing, see if it works. No, come on, blow the thing. Come on, I tuned that in this morning. Come on. Right, here we go. Right. So, can we see a bit of a problem there? So these 300 guys are going into battle and their weapons are not in their hands. And we did a little bit more math. So 135,000 Midianites divided by 300 Israelites equals 450 Midianites. So you, Ethan, have got to, dare I use the word, kill 450 Midianites on your own. And the other 299 have got to do the same. Now that seems an awesome task, but God was in charge. So Gideon split his groups into groups of a hundred and they they went around the Midianite camp and at a given sing- signal they broke the clay pots that their, to- their torches were in, blew their trumpets and shouted a sword for the Lord and for Gideon. And the more amazing thing is, they stood in their positions. They didn't go into the camp, they stood in their positions and the Lord turned the Midianites against each other. So God was in charge and it was not a question of Gideon doing it in his own strength. So, we need to be like this glove. This glove is just an inanimate object, but when you put your hand into it, it's transformed. Very much like this. This is a grown-up one of these. So that's, that's a thing called a cornichon or a gherkin or a dill pickle, whatever you want to call it. But that becomes that. Now how does it become that? By a process called pickling. Okay. So the pickle or the uh, cucumber is put into the, the vinegar and it becomes transformed. This is what it was and this is what it can become. And we need to be very much the same as that. We need to pickle in his presence and we need to to, um, to really just press in, um, cut out outside interferences. It's like with, with Gideon and, um, and his troops. So, once the battle had been won, once the victory was won, the 22,000 that had gone home, they were able to enjoy the victory, but they didn't experience the victory. And we need to be the same. We want to, we want to experience his presence. We want to experience his victory. So our hearts and our prayers to be truly effective, we need to line up with with what God is saying. 
to hear God's voice, we need to turn our attention to him and pickle in his presence. Amen. <laughs>